Hello, misfits. I'm Kale. And this is Kate. And I'm being sassy. Welcome to Horrorwood. gotten it's very yeah i don't even think about it anymore when you say thousands of times better for all that celebrated yesterday hope you had a nice holiday happy holidays everybody i hope you're eating good food i hope you're with people that you can tolerate (laughs) yeah i hope you're just like chilling and relaxing and not having to like get out into the craziness and do anything that's hard (laughs) I hope all is calm and bright where you are. All right. So I'm going to get into this episode and um, I like to call it the real deal goose. The real deal goose. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to, I'm going to kind of give you an account of the summer and a little story behind. Oh, can you hear that? Hear what? Like my email went off and it was really loud, but maybe I'm the only one who hears that. You heard nothing. I didn't hear it. Oh, Lord. And redo. It's going great so far. (laughs) We're doing great. Oh, my God. I had a gurgle in my throat. (laughs) What is happening? Okay. So this past summer, so I finally got to go to San Diego. And having just seen the new Maverick, of course, me also loving a good theme, I wore an olive drab jumpsuit, a knockoff of Ray-Ban. Oh, you have to post it. And an, oh, I will. Okay. I have the picture of me at this famous place. And I I also wore this imaginary fighter pilot, like spirited outfit, right? So it was a jumpsuit to visit the Kansas City barbecue, which is where the famous piano scene in Top Gun with Goose playing the piano while he and Maverick sing Jerry Lee Lewis's Great Balls of Fire. Wait, that's in San Diego? Yes. I never knew that. A lot of Top Gun was filmed in that area, like the Carlsbad, like San Diego, um, that whole little area. Like this is one of the bar scenes. And then there was another bar scene that's, I think, outside of San Diego. It was filmed kind of more in the desert area. Okay. Do you know I still have not seen the new Top Gun? What? I know. It's being re-released, though. In theaters. Okay. I saw it in 4D with a group of my friends who I go with all the time in San Francisco to see 4D movies. And it was a trip. First of all, this movie. Okay. So do you know what 4D is? It's where like your seat moves. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And you get like puffs of air, or water yeah. in your face or whatever. Okay. So um, I'm there. And also I wore my flight suit there as well. Cause I have to, I know love a good theme. So I wore it twice that summer and these seats moved. So I was holding, I was holding a beverage and all of a sudden, like, you know, the, the airplane goes off in the, in the film. It's like, whoosh, Oh, okay. And yeah. the seat starts moving up and then it flutters all around. And I had my drink like all over my arm. Oh my God. And every, I mean, we were giggling cackling giggling like our whole row we couldn't stop I mean it was hysterical I had one of the best times watching this movie that I've ever had watching a movie you know what now I have to look and see because I know it's being re-released and now I have to see if it's gonna be in 4D here Top Gun Maverick yeah I would totally see it in 4D again I would go see it again I would spend money on it again because I it was such a good movie I actually really enjoyed it okay so it's out now Hang on. Okay. I might have to like edit all this space out, but this is very important to me. Yes. So let me see. Uh, Because there's like one theater that's my favorite theater in Chicago. Is it the one we went to? Candlestick? Candlebox? Candle Lane? The music box. There's no candle. Mm. No candle. No candle at all. There was a box in it. Okay, great. All right. Well, I'm not seeing it. So anyway, never mind. Continue. I'll figure it out. Well, funny in my notes, I said, speaking of, have you seen the new Top Gun Maverick? Uh, What did you think? Well, you don't know. I can't give you an opinion yet. Yeah. Um, But anyway, obviously, I will send you the picture. Do what you want with it of me like behind the, you know, the piano playing. Um, I really channeled my Top Gun spirit there. It just felt so nostalgic. I mean, think about it. Like 
those songs and that original Top Gun. So when Matt and I were first dating. I love story time. He had told me he had never seen Top Gun. What? Yeah. So you know how Grant Park does movies in the park in the summer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they did Top Gun. And I was like, um, we have to go see it. He had never seen that. That is fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. I'm I'm impressed, actually. Interesting. I do love movies in the park. Uh, I used to go to Bryant Park in New York City and watch so many movies there. I do love that. kind of miss that. Oh, I love it. speaking of which, Santa Cruz always shows The Lost Boys at the beach oh. area because it was filmed there. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. I'm yeah, learning okay. so much today. You sure are. Okay. So anyway, Top Gun, Maverick, I recommend it. But spoiler alert. Oh, well, I haven't seen it. This is what shitty crap. So I won't give any spoiler alerts. Okay, good. Let's think back to one of my dad's favorite movies and one that made everyone want to be a naval flight pilot, the original 1986 action drama film Top Gun. One of my, well, he was like my first, I guess, like real high school boyfriend kind of boyfriend, you know? Mm-hmm. His name was Tony. If he's listening, which he's not, hi. Oh, Tony, I, you've mentioned, I know, I know. Of this. Oh, well, cause he went to Milliken for like a hot second. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he, Top Gun was his favorite movie and we went there on a date and he absolutely, like we, we always watched Top Gun. Like that was a thing. And he became a pilot. What? That was, that was my, the whole point of my story. Yeah. He became a pilot. Okay. That's really cool. So anyway, good job. I didn't Tony know that. On that. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I think everyone wanted to lose that loving feeling after this one so they could find it again by Serenade. <laughs> Wait, right? Get it? Wait, what? Everyone wanted to lose that loving feeling after that was played in this movie so that they could find that loving feeling by Serenade. Do you remember that scene? I mean, yeah, I remember this scene. It's iconic. I don't understand right. the find of the Serenade. I'm just going to pretend that I'm with it. Again, it's past my peak okay. hours. So like, I got you. I got you. Bl- I'm blaming it on myself because I'm I just not you. quite there. But I think all the listeners are probably there. So they're going to roll with you. Hopefully they get it. Hopefully yeah, they I think get they it. do. I, I'm just out of it right now. Sorry, everybody. More so, I believe Great Falls of Fire couldn't be pounded on keys better than our most beloved character, the one, the only, Goose. Goose. Do you remember my love interest in college? Um. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, his roommate had a cat named Goose, and I always thought of Top Gun. I dated that roommate. I know that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I totally forgot. Kate, that is hysterical. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> but did you know that his cat's name was Goose? Yes. Well, this goose was a good guy, the one we all root for, and the anchor to Maverick, who had a core friendship with him, one like brotherhood, right? And he was also a family man. Remember, he had the son? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was a damn good pilot. So one of the most tragic scenes in cinema history was when Goose succumbed to a training exercise when the crew is forced to abandon the jet and his jet engine stalls. So it goes into this flat spin. Yeah. The altitude drops rapidly. Both he and Maverick are pen forcing them to like eject out of, you know, the the, the plane, right? Mm-hmm. The jet. And unfortunately, Goose's ejection um, seat fires him head first. So so what happened in that film, and, and you kind of see it, but it happens all really fast, is like it broke his neck and it killed mm-hmm. him instantly in that scene. Mm-hmm. So then you see like his body landing in the ocean where Mad- Maverick retrieves it. Do you remember that? And it Kind was, of, yeah. It's okay. So though his so this was a mechanical error, Maverick blames himself for Goose's death. Right. And we see that throughout throughout the film of um, Top Gun. Mm -hmm. And that devastation that one can only feel when losing a family member. Right. You could feel in that scene that Maverick felt like he lost one of his family members. Mm hmm. It keeps his his best friend's dog tags. Do you remember that too? Oh, yeah. Until yeah. he throws him in the ocean later with the spirit of goose like coming kind of full in circle mm-hmm. because he, he, you know, he throws them and then that's where, um, you know, that tragic event happened with goose. And so I don't know. It always just kind of like captures my heart. But now I want to talk about our real life goose who also tragically died doing what he loved, flying. Mm. 
Art Scholl was born December 24th, 1931. Oh, Christmas Eve. A Christmas Eve baby. He would have been 91 years old in a couple of weeks. Oh, damn. I know. I know. No, you know what's interesting is um, after you kind of reading and learning about him and, and seeing a lot of interviews with like his wife and everything, mm-hmm. or not seeing, but like reading them, um, honestly, I think... I know I, I said he'd be 91 in a couple of weeks, but I I think he he if he could physically still fly, I think he he would be a 91. Mm. I'm not even kidding. Like this guy was born to fly. Yeah, I wish he was alive to be able to celebrate the 91 years and and to and to see maybe maybe he would be making like the Guinness Book of World Record or something flying mm. at 91. I don't know. I don't know. And it's just so sad that like this life was cut so short. He was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So he's a Midwesterner. Okay. Hello. And yeah. And then he moved to California. So something that you and I both have done. (laughs) Um, And he did that to begin school at Mount San Antonio College, which is located pretty close to Los Angeles. Okay. But then at some point, he transferred to California State University. And that's located in San Jose, right here in the Bay, in Silicon Valley. Okay. Um, And they're at CSU in San Jose, um, which... Also happens to be the oldest university here on the West Coast. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's um and it's part of the, you know, the state system. I had to learn all about this when I moved to California. I did mm. not understand the CUs and the state. Well, anyway, there's a whole system on colleges out here and universities. So mm, I learned okay. about that. Um, but there he earned a degree in aeronautics. Okay. And after finishing here, he received a master's degree and later a PhD in the same university system, but then it was back down in LA. So after he worked in San Bernardino teaching aeronautics at that university, mm-hmm. he then became the head of the aeronautical division at San Bernard- Bernardino. Bernardino. Oh, Bernardino Valley College. Okay, go him. Yeah. He was also on the U.S. Um, aerobatic team and competitively flew all over the world. Like he went to Moscow, oh, like in France. Yeah, and I think he did that for maybe nine or 13 years or something. <laughs> I know. Such a leap. It's like I, nine or thirteen. By, listen, only by four years, and I and I said nine, and then all of a sudden I was like, or was it thirteen? I don't know why, <laughs> but in any case, uh, I also learned that he pioneered uh, that department in in that valley college. Oh. Um, and since then, thousands of pilots and mechanics have been trained. He was a trailblazer, totally, totally, or an airblazer. <laughs> yeah. It. Okay, I, I do get it. <laughs> I didn't know because, you know, you're having a night. Um, can you imagine if you were drinking champagne right now? Just... So here's one thing I will say. Did you? So oh. No, I didn't. Oh. But I had a little bit of wine and it wasn't very good. And I got really, really hot. And I, t- I was told Matt, I was like, I don't think I like this. I, I'm i like burning up. I said, are you burning up? He's like, no. And I just, I couldn't drink it. So that's part of my problem too, I think, is like. It did not. It was not good wine. Oh, yeah. You know what? Sometimes you just got to throw that out, and like maybe it's corked or something. Yeah, I, did I had that like recently it. too, so I understand that. Um, after many years of teaching, Art quit his teaching gig and became a full time stunt pilot. Oh, okay. All right. Now we're getting into the time frame of like my favorite, and I don't. I'm again. I'm telling you, like this. This woman, ugh, his widow. Okay. Art met his wife Judy in Calgary, Canada, and so she oh. she was Canadian. Or she is Canadian, sorry. Um, they she met. Still is Canadian. <laughs> right. Um, they met, but where else? At an air show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was wondering, I was like, how did he go from, you know, to from the U.S. to Canada? Okay. Right, right. So at this air show, Art was intrigued by a certain gal named Judy. Judy. I know, Judy. It's just, I just, it's, what a name. I just love I it. I actually do really love the name Judy, and we really wanted to name Frankie, <gasps> Frankie Judy. Oh. <gasps> She was going to be a Judy, but the woman we got her from was named Judy. We were like, we would never be able to tell her that name. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's kind of awkward or odd, Yeah, I must say. But then you could have played the song, Hey Jude. Oh. Anyway, um, Judy was working as a volunteer and Art, of course, was charming the crowds with his aerobatics routine. Is it botics or batics? I don't know. Aerobatics. Batics. Okay. Yeah, batics. All right, fine. Um <laughs> I, you know, I like to put a twist on words, so it's fine. Yeah. I might say both at this point. I think we, he, all, we all know what you're talking about. Yeah. Though he charmed the crowds, it was Judy 
who he wanted to thrill the most, considering he spent months finding every reason he could to stop over in Calgary to see a certain gal. Oh, wow. Were they already dating at that time, or was he just, like, kind of trying to woo her? I think he was trying to, like, really woo her. And I and I appreciate that. You know, sometimes it, sometimes it just takes one look at somebody, and you're like, that's the girl I need. And sometimes it takes, you know, you've got to, like, spend some time trying to, you know, woo somebody, I guess. Okay. Um, but he knew what he was doing and woo he did. I read in an article by Flight Lines newspaper that people who knew and worked with Judy thought she was a great lady. One quote said, I, I freaking love this quote. And I hope to have a quote like this similar about me. Like I just loved it this much. I need to humble myself down a minute. Judy Scholl possesses a confidence and optimism that could light up Chicago for a week. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Who said it? Was it someone from Chicago? Where did that Chicago come in? Huh. Interesting. I actually can't find the author of this. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, I have I have the um, article pulled up, but um, I'm going to have to research that a little bit more, I guess. That's fine. Oh, bummer. Anyway... Back to the nose. <laughs> um, <laughs> somehow, sorry, somehow they like scrolled all the way down when I was trying oh, to like, get yeah. on the tab and I went, uh, uh. Yeah. Okay. But um, I, for some reason, I maybe it was somebody who um, is from Chicago, but I just loved that line. It just, mm. honestly, it told me everything I needed to know why art fell for her. Okay. Just imagine somebody saying like, you have confidence and optimism that could light up an entire city for a week and a big city at that. Yeah, she seems like she was a, a pretty great lady. But back to the couple. Finally, the traveling caught up to him and he and his new gal were married. I think the coolest thing about the relationship was not only did they have a love for each other, but a love for aviation too. And I know later she's said in different articles, like, you know, he really brought that out in her. I mean, that's why she kind of went into it. What was she doing in, at the our, the first air show? Was she working at it or she was a spectator? I believe I believe she was um, volunteering there. Okay, but she wasn't like gung-ho on aviation at the point at that time. I'm not sure she had learned to fly yet or anything because I think that did come later and I think it, Oh wow. Okay. I think it came later because then she got very involved in um like an aviation school and I, oh, wow. I just okay. I think it started evolving, right? Like they mm-hmm. that was just the commonness that they had where they met and then obviously like he's really into it, you know. Yeah. And and that's what happens with couples. Like you might not know how to surf or something and then you get with somebody and bam, you learn how to surf. Um, <laughs> bam, you learn how to surf. So Art became heavily involved in the film scene. Oh, okay. Because like I said, remember he he quit his uh, teaching gig. Like he did a good job of navigating his time, right? Between like teaching and also like doing some of these film stunts. But he eventually like after, I think it was like 18 years or something, he went full time to doing the film scene in, okay. the, in the industry. That makes hella good money. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh my God. Stunt work. Hella good money. And if you're doing air stunts, I can only imagine. I didn't know that. All right. In this business, Art would fly the camera platforms and helicopters and aircraft and do all the like stuntsman work and whatnot on these films and and television. Mm -hmm. So you could tell that he had a passion for this industry because for the longest time, people would state that anytime there was an airplane or flying scene on the screen, it would likely have had Art Scholl's name attached to the credits. Oh, wow. What what were some of the shows and movies that he did? So some of them included Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Okay. Uh, Chips, The Right Stuff, Blue Thunder, which... Honestly, I'd never heard of that. But the fact that it was called Blue Thunder, I had to put Blue that in. Blue Thunder. I was like, Blue Thunder. Who's in Blue Thunder? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I love that title of like, hell yeah. It just feels Blue Thundery. Awesome. Like awesome title. And, you know, I think um, I read that he also had had a film clip um, in the Arrow stuntman stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dynasty. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to remember all the ones that were like kind of like names that most people might recognize. And yeah. then of course, Top Gun. Big in the 80s. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Top Gun, the movie was dedicated to him. Got it. So I know where this is going now. What year did Top Gun come out? So it came out in 86, but yeah, it was filmed before that. Yeah, sure. Now, for the longest time, Art would work during the week on sets and et cetera, like, you know, 
sets. Mm-hmm. I don't. What do you call? Okay, you're you were in the industry. You know these things. What do you call them? If it's like aeronautics and it's in the air, like that's not a set. What the hell is well, that? Yeah, you're like, still working on set. Okay, because it's because it's part of the production, right? Yeah. Okay, so he would work for these production companies. But but a lot of times on the weekends, he would get back to what he knew best, which was the air show circuits. Oh, okay. So like he was just like living in the sky. Totally. Yeah. And it's really cool because I think, um, you know, obviously like he had this passion for it and he, you know, put his time into it, but then and was able to involve his wife. And I I just I love that that she embraced it, too. Mm hmm. So. As a seemingly humble pilot, he was able to show off his talents in big ways. So we can link a couple YouTube videos so you can see for yourself his mastery as an aviator in the sky. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, I love that there was like, there's film out there of him, right? Yeah. Because um, it just showcases what like his talents were. Um, and also what is so cool is that one of Art's plane is in the Smithsonian Museum. Oh, wow. It's called the Super Chipmunk. The Super Chipmunk? Yeah, you can see it there in tribute to his legacy and tenure as a pilot. Yeah, and then Chipmunk was like a type of airplane or some kind of like... Oh, okay. I think very confusing unless you're in that world, I would say. Anyway, you can see the Super Chipmunk uh, as a tribute to his legacy and tenure as a pilot in Smithsonian, which is pretty Cool. cool. And though flying was a second nature to art, it doesn't come without risk. See, now I'm, I'm hearing mm. where this is going and where mm-hmm. and like you're telling me a movie's dedicated to him and so this is sad. Mm-hmm. And some days there's just no predictability at what will happen, right? Anywhere. I mean, I think sure. that there's even worry in stepping outside, right? But one wouldn't remain inside when they know what their passion of flying is. Just a hop, skip, jump, plane away. This is one thing that Flightline's newspaper that I had mentioned earlier mm-hmm. talks about when they were interviewing Judy. She just remembers, you know, Art. He had no, he was a genuine person and he had, there was no problem admitting when he had made a mistake. Mm-hmm. So she puts a little story in there about him coming home from Oshkosh one time, like coming home um, flying and he was taking From like an air show or something? I, I'm assuming. Yeah, he was like taking. He was taking uh, photographs of his hometown. And oh, okay. He wanted to show her like where he grew up and whatnot. Gotcha. She was running a store at the Rialto Airport, which we'll talk a little bit about later. But anyway, they they owned this flying school. Okay. Oh, and, okay. Like, it and also had it was like a pilot shop, and they did maintenance there and whatnot. But this is where the the newspaper said um, Art called and said, "Judy, you know that money we were saving to put an addition to the cabin? I spent it." Uh, okay. <laughs> Judy said, what do you mean you spent it? Well, he paused. I crashed the chipmunk. Oh. So it, I think there's not, there's more than one chipmunk. The chipmunk is a type of airplane, I okay. think. So anyway, he explained that he had finished, you know, doing the pictures and he had returned the camera to like, I guess what he was storing it in. And he shoved this like bag or briefcase or something into the front seat. So somehow this bag or whatever had leaned in to some, I don't know what, but killed oh, the Oh, like one of the controls or something? Yeah, maybe something oh, like that. okay. And then th- because the airplane was low because he was taking those pictures. Yeah. All he could do was just land in a cornfield. But you said he was low to the ground. So it wasn't like he, yeah, was, he was low to the ground because he was taking okay. those pictures, right? So he had been taking these pictures, you know, he's like, ah, look at my, my home, my hometown, my homeland or whatever, where I grew up. And it's so welcoming. You know, sometimes I honestly, like when I land, um, in the area, like in Chicago I you were going to say when I land a plane, I was like, okay, yo, I don't know this about you. Dear God, can you imagine? Um, I do not ever want you to try flying a plane. No, I drive a car fairly well, especially because I learned in some of the hardest cities how to drive a car. But I have no desire to be a pilot. Let's put it that way. Yeah, um, oh, I'd be so terrified. But like, I'll take a I'll take a small plane from Chicago to Champaign, right? And so that's mm-hmm. all that kind of farmland and whatnot. Yeah, and I will say. I get wrapped and it's usually lower to the ground because it's a smaller plane. I get wrapped up. Sometimes I'm like, I mean, I hated like flat land when I was growing up in it, but I will tell you like, it's, it's welcoming. It is. It's like, you can see everything. You can see the horizon. Mm, I could see that. Probably some, you know, power lines. Cause that is what happens when you're by, oh. yeah, cornfields or whatnot. But anyway, he kind of like pulled up, stalled in this cornfield, but it wasn't really the landing that he was hoping for. 
I guess, you know, Judy would bring up the story or he would, and he always was quick to, um, and I quote, acknowledge his errors, no excuses and no apologies. Like he just, Mm -hmm. when it came up, that's how he, you know, that's what he said. He wouldn't acknowledge it. And then. Which is like the, that is the, like a sign of a highly intelligent and emotionally mature person. Absolutely. Being able to say, you know what? I fucked this up. Here's what I did wrong. And. I, you know, this is what I should have done or what, or, you yep. know, whatever. Or I hope to do better or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was really interesting. And you're right. It's exactly what you just said. It does just show his character. Um, I think one really awesome thing about Art, though, was his undoubted fearlessness. I mean, you have to be. I. That's what I was thinking. It's like, you know, I only fear landfills. Um, full disclosure. Oh, because of all the bodies oh my god yeah that is what people people are like why i'm like well because i don't want to end up in one (laughs) there are a lot of bodies i know it's kind of like water right like i was just gonna say i was just gonna say bodies of water and landfills have bodies 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 yeah right (laughs) body of a body sometimes i do things without you know i'm like oh it's just the fearlessness right Mm-hmm. Like I've done a lot of things, you know that. So um, mm-hmm. anyway, I, I always love that. I always find that intriguing about a person. And he would often fly and do tricks in plane with like, oh my gosh, this is even cuter. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm on the edge of my seat. Tell me everything. With his little companion, like a little co-pilot. Now, I hope I say this correctly because I'll have to spell it. So I think I'm saying it Aileron. So it's A-I-L-E-R-O. In. Would you say it Aileron or Aileron? Probably Aileron. Anyway, that little companion was a mixed breed dog Aww. who would cling to like his shoulder or whatever. I, I'm guessing he would kind fly of with him. Yes. Oh, that makes me scared for the dog. Like, did he do tricks he, with him and stuff? Yeah. Like he would do the loops and rolls that he would perform in shows. I don't like it. I feel like that dog would probably be so sick. Okay. But there's a picture that maybe maybe we'll post, but I'll at least show it to you. I'll put it on here. Okay. And the dog looks like he is in bliss. Okay. Like he's just happy and like he's – I undoubtedly you could tell that he like had this love for his dog and it was his companion. And so sure. whatever he's going to do, he's going to take the dog with. You know? Okay. But I have I'm, some feelings about it, but okay. okay. I understand. But at the same time, that's like putting your dog in a car. Sure. I mean, it, the air is safer than the roadways. That's, that is a Often fact. is. Yes, yes. It took him about a month. He, so he was going to do this pyrotechnic display. And at, at one point, uh, I don't know if it was a company or some kind of event, wanted him to perform a pyrotechnic display. Okay. And so it took him, it took him like a month maybe to how to use that and to figure out how to do it. Right. Um, so he did this during a performance, but not only did he figure it out, he was able to perform the pyrotechnic event during an aerobatics, aerobatics routine around <laughs> somewhere else in the Midwest. Um, it's our arch rivals in baseball, just so you know. So, Oh, St. Louis. St. Louis um, at the arch. Wouldn't it be cool though to like see this aviation event and then, you know, see like lights in the sky and I don't know. I just thought that was really kind of cool. I guess I need more information. Like, are they are are like flames shooting out of his plane? I don't understand. It was it was some kind of display because they said that there was um, I believe in the aviation school um, that they had in Rialto, which I said would come up later. It's about to come up right now, um, explaining a little bit about that. But okay. I think they had pictures and they were saying that they were, they were like the bright lights in the background of this picture around the arch in his plane. Um, if I can find that, okay. I will okay. also. Yeah. I'm, that gives me it. So like he's like doing stunts amidst the this, this display. Like, fire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotta get yeah. it. Which I just think probably to be a spectator at that would be really cool to experience it, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was spectacular. And also what I found really cool was that Art and Judy worked at the Art Shoal Aviation School that was located in Rialto, California. At the, um, so it was at this airport, which had been okay. moved there from Riverside. So in 1978, they moved the location to Rialto, California at their airport, and they um, continued on this Art Shoal Aviation School. Okay. And it remained open there until 2015. So beyond, I mean, years, for years, like 30 wow. some years, I want to say. Or- was Judy there the whole time? I believe she was. Uh, wow. 
I, I believe she had some part of it because okay. she helped operate it. Yeah. That's amazing. So it closed, um, but not before Judy could hold a barbecue and relish in those last moments that it was open. Aww. And all while holding memories tight of her husband and all the pilots and mechanics that had graced that hangar. I just loved that. I was like, you know what? Go Judes. <laughs> Um, And then as reported in the Daily Bulletin, this is what Judy had to say when the school was closed. There's nothing you can do about it, she said. You can either be miserable and unhappy or you just close this chapter and think, this was a really great opportunity to be here for so long. Hmm. So it sounds like she didn't want it to close. So there was talks about it closing in early 2000s or maybe even five years before it closed. And at that point, she had said in some article, she might have gone with a fight. Like Like she... I think it was bittersweet for it to close at the time that it did, but they mm-hmm. had already had an issue where it might close. And I think then she wasn't maybe as ready. I don't think she was ever ready, but like, I don't think, I think she would have gone with more of a fight then, but I'm guessing by this time, maybe she was closer to retirement yeah. and just was kind of like, okay, it's had its time because then she later says you move forward and hope there will be something down the road. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really optimistic. And like that, that one other quote said, um, in the the Frontlines newspaper that, uh, you know, she had optimism and confidence. Mm-hmm. How old was she when it closed? Gosh, that's a great Or question. how old is she now? Is she still alive? As far as I know, yeah, she is alive. Let me see actually if I can figure out how old she is now. So Okay, because if he was going to be 91, dang. I think she was a little bit younger, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can definitely get his age. Maybe uh, this one... No, that says it's Indiana. Hmm. That's fine. Yep. Sorry. Don't know. No worries. <laughs> Many people looked up to Arshul. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing mm-hmm. that there's um, things out there that she does. Clearly, she does interviews. Sure. Um, she just no longer owns a business or operates a school in aviation. Okay. But I think she's always going to have a part in that aviation industry. Got it. And then after learning about Judy and Art, too, I realized that these two were just little lovebirds with their love of airplanes, their partnership as like co-pilots in life, and then just navigating running a business together while Art was also so involved in the aeronautics elsewhere. They were just truly meant to be. Did they ever fly together? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did because I think she learned how to fly, too. And I'm guessing that, you know, he he had his hands in helping her with that. Sure, probably. Yeah. Although he left behind two children by a former spouse, which is why his death was so incredibly heartbreaking and shocking. Did they have any kids of their own? No, he only had two children and okay. he was he was married before her. She always she said, I mean, she was very candid and said like I'm his second wife. Mm-hmm. Um and so, but I think she was very involved in these in these children's lives. Okay, because it doesn't always work out like that. No, it doesn't. And that's why that's why I was like she just seems like a special human. They seem like they had a beautiful connection. Um, you know, it took a little work to get there, but that's what all relationships take. I'm glad they found each other. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, and this is why his death was so incredibly heartbreaking and shocking. His wife reported that he was a safety conscious and meticulous, calling him a triple type A personality. Mm, So that probably meant that like he checked things all the time and he he was making sure that things were safe and he wasn't going to do things unless they were in order and calculated and whatnot, Mm -hmm. right? They even had lunch together not long before his death, the day he died. Mm. So why these things happen, we may never know. He died at the young age of 53, albeit doing one of the things he loved, but his death was suddenly way too soon. Now, what's certainly tragic here is the coincidence of Top Gun's storyline of Goose. Art imitating life, literally. So what happened? Here we go. The aeronautics aviation world was stunned when Art went down. Former TWA pilot Bob Van Alsdahl called Scholl absolutely the best in his field. Something mechanical must have happened, he speculated. An inverted flat spin was nothing for him. He's done so many of those. Weird. Um, and this is during some filming and scene work with Top Gun. Oh, so this was on Top Gun. I wanted to do it kind of where it was like a timeline where I I let up and talked about his life. Kind of like what happens with Goose. You get a real sense of who Goose is as a person mm. on the film Top Gun. And then tragedy strikes. And so I haven't seen this Top Gun behind closed doors. 
Um, but is that a might, documentary? Yeah, it is oh, okay. a documentary. I haven't even heard of it. There might be some more information that I don't. I think it's more about the movie itself, but I do think that uh, they do talk about Art Scholl and kind of what happened. Okay, um, since it is a documentary. Ooh, but at this time during the Top Gun, as I mentioned, um, like it was like a scene or that it was a camera work. And so he had cameras, right, when he was doing the flight scenes and kind of like stunt work. Mm-hmm. Um, and during this, there was a flight tragedy. On September 16, 1985, Art was flying a Pitts S2 biplane which was an aircraft he was privy to and, and which he had won competitions and awards from wow. because of his skills in them. Only debris was found. Neither the Pitts S2 nor Earth's body were ever what? recovered from the sea they fell into. What? The Coast Guard called off the search and remains were never found. And I believe the Coast Guard, I want to say this happened maybe on a Monday or something and by like Tuesday morning it was called off. What is with Coast Guards calling off these searches <laughs> so, after like 24 hours? Just for you, I pulled up something. And this oh, is where I'm going to bring it up. Me. So I got to go on this website so that I can report okay. to it. Hit me with it. Okay. So this, this is from check6.com. And it's like about fami- fa- oh, goodness, famous missing people. Okay. So you can click on many people. And I think it's mostly industry, right? Um. So this one is particularly on Art Scholl and it kind of okay. does. So I'm going to kind of go through it and it tells who the person is. It gives it gives who it is, right? It's, it's more about aviation history. So like, obviously he's famous. Sorry, I did say it's about famous people. I meant <laughs> pilots. Oh, okay. Got it. Or famous missing people in aviation. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. Maybe. So anyway, it like tells his name, right? Arshul, who, and it kind of says like what he's done. He worked in 50 productions, blah, blah, blah. 50 productions. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Then it'll go total persons on board, one. Then it says like when. Now here's your part. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Weather. Yes. Here we go. Tell me the weather. Clear to partly hazy with low clouds. Hmm. I know that that is one of your first questions. And I always just was so relieved to find this, to be honest. Thank you. I'm so glad you did, (laughs) especially for an air tragedy. Right. I feel like weather would play into that. I can see like the low clouds maybe, Mm -hmm. but if it was clear, I, it's just like, what the fuck happened? But listen, too partly hazy. And let's let's think about other tragic um, aviation accidents, um, more recent ones in 2020. Um, now, that was a helicopter, but I believe mm-hmm. that was kind of a more hazy day as well. Are you talking about Kobe? Yeah. Okay. And they were traveling, um, I believe, pretty low and close to, um, I want to say, you know, some rock formations or whatnot. But here's the thing with that is that with that particular incident – it was advised that they not travel. It was. But I'm just I'm just only talking about weather right now. Gotcha. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. So so I'm I'm saying like, okay, yeah, clear to partly hazy. Like it's hard to know. Like that one, yes, it was advised. And I wasn't it like windy then? So, I, I mean, think I it was like windy. Conditions were not good that day for yeah. Kobe's flight. Um and so obviously this one seems I don't I'm not a I pilot I don't know sure how they they gauge this but it seems like the partly hazy that could have put, played into effect there's low clouds he was probably flying high and low because remember he has camera equipment he has to do certain mm-hmm. for lack of a better word I think loops or whatnot um but this is such a cool account and I know I can't I keep wanting to refer it to as like a timeline but it's like an informational page okay Got so it. then it goes flight route so it just says, you know, the local area near like Oceanside. Mm-hmm. And then it says like area believed to be crashed. Well, we know it was the sea and we know they were filming in San Diego. Um, so it says near Carlsbad in the Pacific Ocean. Okay. And I don't know, but was that where um, Kobe's helicopter went down to? Was it Carlsbad? I For some reason that was in my head, but I could be wrong. No, I thought it no. was oh, okay. north. I think they left from Orange County and okay. I think they crashed okay. uh, in L.A. Closer to L.A. Okay. Yeah. Then it says like the reason for the flight and it was like doing background shots, right? And then it talks about the type of play. Now, this one says uh, it might be the same as the one that I've already mentioned. Like, again, I don't know planes. This one says Aerotech Pits. So maybe that's the brand name. And then it says okay. special S2A, 
but it was registered as an N13AS. So I'm not really sure. Then it talks about the search efforts. Which clearly were only like 24 hours. I don't understand. Yeah. Although although I'm going to give you um, like a conversation account or a dialogue, I think. Oh, okay. In a little bit. That kind of gives you a little bit of um, perspective, I guess. Okay. Um, it talks about like the rescue aircraft um, and, and that there was floating debris and some like maybe some slick oil. But the, the aircraft itself, the entire aircraft itself, it sank. And what we assume to believe that Shoal was trapped inside. And they couldn't recover him? It sounds like the knots were not good. I don't know what that means. Like they use knots to gauge either wind or weather, I believe, in sailing. Okay. Um, so that might have been that might have been a pull down. Maybe it was pulling. I feel like once the knots were good, even if they had to wait a few days, like I just feel like wouldn't a team go down to try to recover the the remains? Is that I the here's the thing. I don't know much about nautical disasters, I guess, like how search efforts are conducted and that kind of thing. It just seems like there are a whole lot of bodies out there that are not recovered. And, and, and it's, again, I'm going to bring up something I, I brought up um, with the Daniel and Lagerlof is that maybe we don't want to put other people at risk, right? True, um, true. And so maybe that was something that was an issue. I'm not exactly sure. One thing, there's a couple of things that I do know that I've read. One, the Coast Guard, obviously, like I had said that they got involved. They used like a helicopter. They were they were trying to search like a, I think, I I think around 25 square miles or so because okay. they kind of knew this air, where the area was, right, where the crash was. And um, yeah, I would think maybe within 24 hours or so, it was it was called off like whatever. Let's say this was a Monday. It was called off like Tuesday morning or something. Wow. I do know, I read in an article that um, Judy herself, I think somebody was thinking that she needed to sue Top Gun or do some kind of a lawsuit. Mm. And she was like, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. Just because like she didn't she she didn't feel that it was the productions. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just like one, she knew um her husband's, you know, love for aviation and that things can happen. And I think that mm-hmm. was like just something think about it. If you have to go through that, you're just resurfacing um that tragedy over and over again. Um, and I mean, I guess if she felt like, you know, if he thought he was safe enough to go up and he did it, then it's not the production's fault. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, so there was some assumptions or whatnot, or maybe like, you know, pilots in the industry that thought, oh, maybe it was the camera that was like weighing Mm -hmm. it down or something or altering the weight. This flat spin was this kind of same spin that Goose was doing, which is what makes this like real deep. Was this during a rehearsal or was this during actual filming? This was, I think, just to do background shots. Had they rehearsed it or so they were they were I mean I'm pretty sure they were filming I that I don't know okay I guess there's always like spotters or something or there's like spotter planes when this the spotter planes there was two men and I'll give that's when I'm going to talk about the dialogue um okay but they didn't necessarily witness the actual impact huh and I think what it sounds like to me things happen very fast oh I'm sure so let me get back to these um notes here Here's here's where I'm going to talk a little bit about like this kind of dialogue from the radio. Okay. Um, and I read in an article that Judy, that she was at the Rialto airport and I think he was expected to come in. Um, mm. And so she was kind of waiting around for, for oh, him. this makes me so sad. And remember, they had lunch earlier. Ugh. Now, on another site called military.com, Blake Stillwell reported that two of the spotters saw Scholl take the Pitts S2 into an inverted spin that Art had taught himself and others hundreds of times, like I said before. Wow. Now, I've seen, again, I've seen other articles call this a flat spin. I, I'm not an expert, so I don't know if those titles are interchangeable, but it sounds like an inverted spin and a flat spin might be be the same thing or okay. maybe it was starting into an inverted spin but then turned into a flat spin um and then at 3000 feet they heard art's voice on the radio so this is um from mili- military.com mm. and obviously i'm sure it's been reported to them from other s- sources um okay. because i read a few articles that ha- had this similar conversation or dialogue um from the radio i've got a problem And then at 1,500 feet, they heard his voice again. I've really got a problem. Mm. 
So it's assumed that those were probably Shoal's last words because oh. about 45 seconds later, those spotters, which um, their last names are Cameron Wentworth, they were at the scene over the, the Pacific Ocean uh, where the plane went down. Oh. And then oh they, they, they saw no signs of the biplane. Um, now, in military.com, it was also said that it was re- later reported by the investigators from the National Transportation Safety Board that the aircraft did not recover at the altitude it was supposed to. It's possible that maybe he was experiencing like a spatial disorientation because I guess that mm. happens, oh. um, especially in like like planes or like flights like these. That is terrifying. I don't want to call them tricks, but when you're doing certain acts yeah, um, to like get stunts. like for him stunts or whatnot, because for him, obviously if he had camera equipment, he was doing these background shots. And so maybe he, you know, oh. had to do certain stunts to be able to get that. It makes me think Simone Biles. I know that's actually, when I read this, I was thinking that too. And those were called like the, um, oh, the, um, uh, yeah, I, there was a term for There's it. There's a term um, for it. And it's called like, the spaces or the uh, yeah the, shoot um, I'm gonna look it up right now okay they were called the twisties the twisties the twisties yeah. um, and it does it does make me think of that um, mm-hmm. again we can't necessarily say that's what happened because it's really right. hard to know that but um, it just really is a mystery crash. I mean, this is just a puzzling that was unforeseen, an unforeseen event that just has so many questions, yet little to no answers. I mean, we can assume certain things. It's possible this happened or it's possible that Mm -hmm. happened. But really, we don't have any answers. And unfortunately, that seems to really be that last dialogue that Shoal had. Yeah. And um, in Flightline's newspaper, the the article that I read about Judy earlier that I keep quoting because – I just really loved that article. Um, Judy said, it's one of those things you could drive yourself crazy second guessing what might have happened, but you can mm. never really know. And in the end, it doesn't change the bottom line. Oh, that's awful. And then later she said in that article, in, this, in the same source, she was saying like, you know, Art gave her this great gift of aviation. And not only did he love it, she came to love it. And that, you know, was another force that they had. Mm. Um, she. I love this too because I just thought it was really sweet because, you know, I'm going to be honest, like I don't always think about people who are working at an airport or in aviation or whatnot until and unless I'm there. And maybe it's the same thing for many occupations, right? Unless and until you're there. Mm-hmm. But when I'm there, I always wonder, what's the life of this person that's walking by me? What's the life yeah. of this person that's waiting on me? What's the life of this person? You know, anytime I see someone like at a store or, I mean, we took Frankie to the vet last night. So see, like seeing a, a lab tech or whatever, you know, getting off work, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, I wonder where they're going. Like, are they getting ready for a date? Are they, you know, like I always think about like what, you know, what their life is like. It also makes you really grateful for that person. Yeah, because it, it makes them human. Totally. Absolutely. Um, and I think because she and Art had this love together, she wants to keep that alive, right? Um, she later says, like, to spend the day at an at, an, at the airport every day is a great blessing because it's like having her own private air show. That's pretty incredible considering that's how she lost the love of her life. Mm. I don't know. I just want to meet her. She sounds lovely. You know what's interesting? When my mom was a teenager, she went on dates at the airport. Legit. Well, because back then, well, I that's so rude of me. Well, I mean, she's in her 70s, so it was back then to us. Okay. But air, airlines and airports were very bougie. Well, and also, I think... Because the nearest, you know, town or movie theater or anything was about an hour away from where she grew up. So, you know, to go to the airport, I think it was a little closer. And so that was where they would have their dates because the airport had food and they would just like sit and watch planes, which is the most pure thing. And okay, so here's a, here's a um, in this same kind of article and they have another quote, which is really cute. So she goes on to say, like, you know, he basically, you know, taught me about the precision and mm-hmm. and all the ways to have a perfect flight. And, you know, that, that was her dream to have this perfect flight and have new adventures and all of this. Mm. And then, she, you know, in the article, it states like she's got this pure love of the sky and 
she will marvel when she looks out like the hangar or whatever and she'll be like, what a great day it would be to go up and play in the clouds. And that's like kind of what it said. You know, so like that's kind of the way that she views it. And I think it's just a very beautiful way to view something. Um, Yeah, I like that. And I want to encourage our listeners to look up. It's I believe it's an exclusive article and it's by Emma Foster. And it's called My Husband, the Real Goose, died during a daring stunt as he filmed Top Gun. But he'd have been glad that the Navy heroes are taking to the air again. Um, and so it was an article actually all about the new Maverick and how she, oh, you know, okay. she was interviewed and she was asked, like, what do you think of, you know, Maverick coming out? And she was like, oh, I think he would be like really, you know, happy about it, you know, because he took his work very seriously. Mm hmm. And, you know, I think because of his, you know, tragic death, the saddest part is like nobody knows what really happened and why it happened the way right. that it happened um, because he didn't say what the problem was. Remember, he just said, he I'm said, having a um, problem. I'm having a, yeah, I really I, got a problem, right? Aren't um, there black boxes on planes? Here's the thing. So at the time there were no um, like recording devices or anything like that, or Mm -hmm. I don't know what they have now, but they clearly have a lot of tech now. Right. And Mm -hmm. at the time, I don't believe there was any of this. Interesting. So it's, it's hard because you just, it's a puzzle. You won't know what happened. Like I said before, it was puzzling. One of the things she does in this article is kind of accounts the, the, the accident in detail because she was supposed to be flying in an observer plane behind him, but there was a last minute a change of plan. Oh, wow. So in this article, it talks about that and it talks about like where she was. And that's why I know that, you know, she was, he was supposed to be coming at like six or something or, you know, would they thought they'd be, he'd be back around like evening time, like five or six or something. And then I think it was getting darker. And then, you know, by six, there were things like not happening because he wasn't arriving and there was nothing going on on the radio or whatever. And so she was at the the airport in Rialto, remember? And this was like San Mm -hmm. Diego. I think that's an hour from each other. I'm okay. Around an hour maybe. And so we know that there was the other two spotters. And I think, you know, at this point she was kind of like watching the time and finally at um, around 6 p.m. I think. So maybe this was like he was supposed to arrive at five. This is an hour later or whatnot. So she called Carlsbad because remember it was near there. So she called that mm. airport just to be like, you know, where are the guys? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Mm. And um, I think the radio operator or whoever, the person who took the call just said that they were on their back, on their way back. And I guess the the person knew at the time what had happened. Oh, shit. But imagine saying that on the phone. Oh, my God. So then when the spotters came back and landed, she was expecting Art to land first and, and whatnot. And so like, and I get it. I mean, I get why somebody wouldn't want to say that on the phone and would want, you know, maybe the people that were spotting or the, the guys who she knows to be able to tell her what happened because you're going to have the, all those questions. And even though later they're not going to be answered, but the thing was, is that when they landed, Art's plane was was not with them. So th- yeah. I think that's when she just knew something bad had happened. It had oh to have, God. right? So, you know, of course, she's asking, you know, where he is. And 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 um, I, I don't know if both or one of them, but they were like, we need to go talk. Like, he's he's not coming home. Oh, my God. I'm the th- I am so glad, though, that she that there was some last minute change of plan because I- if she had had to have witnessed witness it. that. Right. Oh. Later she says like, you know, you take things minute by minute when they happen and then eventually you just, you have to go forward. It's challenging, but you know, you got to keep going. His sons were older at the time. I think they were in their twenties or something or maybe young twenties okay. or, or whatnot. And again, she had, she had helped raise them, I believe, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they were from a previous marriage, but you know, she just she wanted to keep going, and she continued running that aviation business in the in mm-hmm. the school and operated it. And she was involved still with you know the movie business and whatnot. What did she do? Was she like a consultant? Um, yeah, I think she I think she would do that or like did mock-ups or something. I read in one article, mm. and I again I think she just immersed herself in in doing the thing that like she was that she had always done with art. And probably felt like that was that was like a way to connect her. Yeah. And she had said um, that she believed he had, had a full life. Yeah. And I'd said that, like, you know, people had advised her or something maybe to like sue them uh, Top Gun or whatnot. Right. But I think 
I think in her heart, she was like, no, that's not going to bring him back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Art was so attached to probably that film or even just maybe not that film per se, but like just films in general. That was like his passion. And he, remember, yeah. he quit his teaching position at that college to do this more full time. In one of the articles, they had asked her, um, I think about like, you know, is she looking forward to Maverick or whatever? And she's like, yeah. And I think, you know, I think Art would be really excited it was coming out or so I just thought I I thought that was really cool that it's like didn't really necessarily harbor any ill feelings. And it yeah. seemed like she still really um appreciated the value of like having this story told. Mm-hmm. And clearly with Maverick, we know that there's gonna be a tie-in with Goose. I mean, that's part of the storyline in Top Gun. It's not gonna mm-hmm. just like you know, it's going to follow into the next movie, sure. even if he's not alive to do that. There's going to be something there, right? There, there's your one spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but I think everybody knows. But um, yeah, I just, you know, I think, I think for her, like she was like, you know, because of all the shows he did, he was an entertainer, mm-hmm. and I think that he would really have enjoyed, you know, this next um, venture, right, of Maverick coming out. When I go to see it, I'll have the spirit of art in that movie theater, and I'll feel like Judy is cheering it on. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, things have changed since then, right? Like, there's drones now. That wasn't yeah, a thing yeah, really in yeah. 1985, unless maybe military had them and we just didn't know or whatever, but... You know, they have a lot of different kind of um, mechanisms that can help and work with filming things. And obviously things change because you can do computer um, generated things. And I do think that is one thing she wants to happen a little bit more just to kind of get it more safely done. So, you know, obviously some things might be done by aviation and then some things that that seem a little um, riskier or, you know, not as Mm -hmm. safe could be done maybe computer generated. Well, when you think about all the stuff that is CGI'd, it's like, okay, if you're going to do all that, then yeah, let's try to keep someone safe and CGI this instead. I mean, CGI, like it's a controversial topic anyway, but Mm -hmm. you can CGI monsters, but you can't CGI a plane just to keep someone alive. You know, you know where I'm going with this? Like, no, yeah, I think I, yeah, I get it. It's like, yeah, I I agree. I want to just kind of go through this uh, just a little snippet at the very end of this article. Okay. And it and it talks about how um, you know, she still has a couple planes. She tries to fly them when she can. And now Art's sons, right? I was saying that they were in their twenties and like now they're both married and they have children mm-hmm. and they, you know, claim that they just they are gonna live their life to the fullest. But I think what she was saying to this interviewer is that they recognize the importance of the time they spend with their own children. Um because of course, you know, their dad left too too young and yes, they got years with him, but like not enough, right? Sure. And here's her quote, I don't want people to think about what happened and be like, oh poor Judy, she said. Art wouldn't want that. Life goes on and we had a wonderful life. I figured early on I could be at home mopping the kitchen floor or I could be at the airport mopping the belly of the plane. And I thought, I want to be at the airport. I was Art's second wife and I was fortunate that he involved me in all his stuff. It was fascinating for me. I did things I never thought I'd end up doing. The gift I was given by Art was a love of aviation. And then the last one I want to do is another quote. Gosh, this is so beautiful. We all deal with loss in our lives. We either have or we will. It's painful difficult and tragic, regardless of whether it's through an accident, disease, or old age. And it's something we have to deal with and go forward. Life goes on. I try to be a very positive person. And I have to say she is because everything I read about her, it just felt like art lifted her up, right? And helped her spread her own wings by um, gaining a love for aviation. Somebody had mentioned, you know, like, there's like a real life goose, but I didn't really, in my mind, it was still fictional until right. I, I researched all this and I was like, oh my gosh. And just being able to read all these interviews. And that's why I thought they were so important to, to give some, some real quotes is just like, these are humans, you know, mm-hmm. and they, and they, you know, they had a life and they, they had to deal with tragedy. And I'm really glad I was able to kind of showcase Art Scholl's talents. Yeah. They're still used to this day, to be honest. It sounds like he paved the way for a lot of pilots. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, I hope that people can watch the YouTubes and they can they can see him flying. Yeah, we'll link all those. Thanks for all that information, Kale. And if you would be so inclined, we would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe. And you can do that on social medias at Horwood Podcast. Or YouTube at Horwood Podcast. And on Gmail at Podcast at gmail.com. Or subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Thank you all for uh, following us. And we hope to, I don't know, wish you a happy new year. Happy new year. Is that, I was like, yeah, I was like, what, it, what is the next holiday? I, <laughs> yeah. It's I real soon. I, oh my gosh. It's what? wild. I know. It feels like it's two weeks away still. I don't know. Because <laughs> truth be told, it is because <laughs> we're recording this early. <laughs> <laughs> wow remember when you were really like tired and it just wasn't your night yeah I might be tired too I'm now. exhausted and I need to go check on Frankie because oh the cone head uh, yeah or she's cone too neck I don't know it's on her neck I call right? her cone head cone head okay yeah, yeah. uh because oh. she's too for more medicine so. wait take a picture of her because I really want to see oh, yeah. a tiny oh. little body with a tiny little cone I will there, there, we've already taken a lot of pictures <laughs> um I'll send you some Thank you.